Welcome everyone to another episode of the Nerdotaku Gaming Podcast. Uh, with me, as usual, is my co-host Robin. I've been okay, doing all right, patiently waiting, seeing how excited people are, and being jealous. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's no need for you to be jealous since you've ordered yours. It's going to be coming in a couple of weeks, maybe less. Doesn't mean I can't be jealous. Like, I want it now, but, you know, you know how things are. <laughs> the games I've bought digital, but, like, accessories have shipped. Okay, so at least you have accessories. That, that's awesome. Yeah. My biggest concern is, you know, if, <laughs> if I don't get, like, a full unit or anything like that. You know how it is buying early units? Yeah, you console beta testers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So what uh, accessories have you got? Just a controller. That's it. Oh, okay. The headset. And it doesn't work on PS4. Uh, no, it doesn't. Headset, uh, I think, works on both. Controller doesn't. Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Okay, that's 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 fair enough, I guess. But yeah, at least you know it will be coming soon. So if you buy a PS5 game let's say miles morales would it work on ps4 like digitally like let's say you buy digital ps5 miles morales yeah yeah you 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 get access to both okay that's very cool that's very very cool so i'm saying like oh i said it last week as well that wow i've got miles morales here and like the temptation is real to just say okay you know what i'm going to start it on ps4 and then like no i have to keep this for later well, at least now I know that we can buy these games if they have if they have back combat. I guess I guess it's now back combat, huh? Yeah, like if you have good backwards compatibility, might as well or should I say forwards compatibility? Yeah. Might as well just buy them digitally mm-hmm. while waiting for for your consoles to ship. Yep, that that's the way it goes. So this week um, we've had. Uh, a bunch of news dumps, I guess two major ones, and I feel like those are the main things we can uh, talk about. And we can start with the Capcom leak. I wasn't too conversant with this one, I just saw like one thing that I was excited for, so I guess you can uh, lead the, the discussion on this one, Robin. Yeah, Capcom leak, first of all, some background, uh, it's a bit unfortunate that this leak happened. Uh, so basically, Capcom were cyber attacked. They were attacked by a criminal organization who were demanding a ransom in bitcoins, and they stole one terabyte of data, saying that if you don't pay us the ransom, we're going to leak all of that data. Some of that data, you know, it's it's a lot. It's emails. There's also private data, such as those of the employees spreadsheets regarding Capcom plans, uh, personal details, as I said, it's a lot of stuff. And to show that they're serious, they've leaked, I think, about 60 gigs of the one terabyte of data. And, you know, it's sad that that's happened to Capcom. You know, the cyber attack is not not good at all. But, you know, the information is out there about their gaming, you know, their game release plans for the next uh, four years or so. 
and you know you four can't years wow yeah i i didn't know it was actually like a a cyber attack i thought it was just one of those no more like someone's needs that this is coming out but you know it was that bad jeez so they're still under ransom like they're still like yeah putting you know it's the, kind of? it, you know how it is with a ransom you, you know if you pay that means oh they've won so it's tricky right now they put out an email saying no oh, we're trying to deal with them via the police and all that because you know one terabyte of data is a lot and the leakers so far you know they don't seem to care what they leak they're just going to leak anything they they're not gamers who targeted game data they're actual they seem like they're actual legit criminals who just leak whatever they can from that one terabyte till they get what they want so you know it's a bit tricky yeah damn that's that's kind of sad i hope they hope they catch them <laughs> yeah that's what we hope for but on the what has leaked you know Mm, there's spreadsheets, emails, and all that stuff, and some of it might not be completely up to date. So, of course, a lot of the information here is subject to change. Some projects may be cancelled. Some may have different names. Yeah, in general, we got a lot of interesting info about Capcom from fiscal year 21 to fiscal year 24. So that's uh, basically up to fiscal quarter four, fiscal year 24. That's uh around March 2025 up till then mm, that's a lot although i feel like it's definitely going to like most of those are not going to come to pass cuz things change man like you know how big companies are but i guess yeah. it gives you an an idea of their roadmap yeah we get an idea of their roadmap some of them even have like sales and target predictions projections to them already <laughs> damn mm-hmm. so like um uh, uh, what like i care about you know there's a lot of stuff there's the monster hunters resident evils and all those and i guess for next year we i think we've got a good idea of most of what capcom has for next year is it evil 8 the monster hunter games for switch and a new i there's also now a revealed from this leak a new ip code shield we don't know what that is 2022 okay we've <laughs> got some indie games a brand new mega man game the resident evil 4 remake which was previously leaked before and the three big as things in which remake yeah Wait, remake how did i miss was in a remake or a release of the four no remake not a re-release this was leaked earlier so you know we knew about this it's just like oh now i've got a timeline oh. of when it's likely to come out okay so like damn i hmm oh, i don't this is news to me i didn't wow okay that's big news are you for remake that that's going to be huge okay. yeah I'm, i'm not an re guy but like when you think about it re4 you know it's like lots of people still call it the best game ever and all that stuff so it's going to be interesting handling such a title you've got to be kind of careful when you remake it but Other thing is RE4 was kind of revolutionary for its time. It had the it's the one which introduced you know like the tank controls yes. and all that. So it's like what are they going to change with RE4? Exactly because it's it, it's kind of made modern gaming what modern gaming is for third person shooters. So like what what can you remake apart from just graphics? Like that's all you're doing. With RE2 it was exceptional because you're like you're modernizing the gameplay, right? And 
removing some of the niggly, irritating things. So it makes the game feel fresh and better. RE2 is my favorite RE2. So, and, and I liked it obviously a lot. I don't know how you can remake RE4 and make it substantial, like make it worthwhile. You know what I mean? Just how much are they going to remake? That's the question. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... Anyway, we'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, RE4 remake planned for 2022. But for me, the the three big or four big things actually that I took out from their 2022 plans. One, they're making another Mega Man game. Mm-hmm. And it has got a significantly high sales projection of about 2 million copies. So, you know, them attaching sales projections means we can also like get an idea of how big the project is based on how much they're projecting it to sell. It could be Mega Man what eleven? We're on ten now, right? Eleven is the one that came out uh, recently. Recently, so twelve. But it could for be it, Mega Man yeah, twelve. But for it to sell two million, then I doubt it's a two D game. The code name is Rockman Match. You know, Rockman is Mega Man. It says Rockman mm. Match. 2022 sales projection about 2 million and that's like mm, it's it's you know it's it's a bit it's a bit large for a Mega Man game so I'm going to assume that hey this might be something substantial maybe Mega Man Legends 3 the famous cancelled project <laughs> I mean it's, uh, I don't know I doubt it I don't think I think they might make a Mega Man Legends type game but they won't quite Mega Man Legends yeah. Is is there room for a Mega Man Legends in this climate? Like, is there room for that kind of game? And can you see a game like that selling two million units? Uh, you know, people are more open now. Mm-hmm. Times are different. Do you remember ReCore? Yeah. I don't think that game did a million units. I don't think. Yeah, ReCore is not the biggest success, so... but it was tied to the Xbox One. It's hard to be. It was hard to be an Xbox One exclusive back then. True, true, true. So yeah. But I don't know. I don't think the crowd for that is there uh, for 2 million. I do think that a Mega Man 12 with good marketing can do 2 million. I really do think so. Like we do. It's a very good game, which which they are, and they market it really well. Maybe they do some sort of Sonic Generations type hybrid thing where it's 2D, 3D. I don't know. Just something like that. Just mix up the formula a little bit. I think it can do that. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, my indication is that, oh, they're, they're going to take a Mega Man project. Exciting. But 2022, there's a lot, there's more. Seems like 2022 is going to be a very busy year for Capcom. I have a feeling, you know, due to COVID, some of these projects might be delayed. And of course, these are tentative, but like, yeah, we said mm. RE remake, the new Mega Man, a new Onimusha game. Holy shit, are you kidding me? Yeah, what? it's an Onimusha new How did I not hear about this? That's also part of Whoa. the, the code name. <laughs> that's amazing, dude. I've been waiting for years for a new Onimusha. Mm-hmm. So, you wow. know. Capcom... I hope they don't make it a bloody Souls game. Jesus Christ, I will be but so But Onimusha mad was always kind of close to a Souls game, game wasn't it? Uh, uh, it wasn't as bullshit as a Souls game. <laughs> but yeah, Onimusha <laughs> new work. With a sales projection, this is this is a big sales projection. 4.7 million copies 
up until you Absolutely. know March 20. Absolutely. And that you know that Triple A fucking Onimusha game. That that's a big projection. As Triple A Onimusha game would smash would smash Souls games. I'm telling you this right now. If that game is actually like really well produced and it's actually good, it's like an 80 plus meter game. The story is decent, not good, decent. It can do five billion because there's a gap there that they could that they can uh, fill reach. up, huh? And Capcom have been on a roll. Yeah, yeah. Capcom have been on a roll recently. They've been like this generation. I feel they've been the best publishers, in my opinion. Oh, like they've done they, a lot. They took they some time. Of they took some time. Stuff. But they, but they, they've. I think from around 2017, you can the general consensus that oh, Capcom is back. That's like the catchphrase amongst fans. Yeah, I mean, like they just released great stuff. Like they just released great games. So if yeah, they, they are on that kind of a role, then the new Onimusha. Then, could, you know, yeah, that's. It will be interesting. Damn, I'm excited! Holy shit! Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, new Onimusha. Course. That was why that's one of the new things. Man, that's an E3 Megaton, man. Yeah. And that's also 2022, okay. by the way, the same year as RE4 remake. Damn. You know what else is in 2022? A new Dragon's Dogma. Huh. A complete oh, okay. Damn. Alright, that's a good okay. library. <laughs> you guys are this is like there's no way all of these are actually going to happen by saying, like, okay, fine, a new dragon's dogma. Also, projection around five million copies. And, you know, for me, that's very exciting. Like, do you think, do you think Dragon's Dogma can do five million? It has to be marketed right. The first Dragon's Dogma is famous for being Capcom's most expensive game, but it didn't make back the money. It's famous for that. Yeah, and they didn't market that game. They did not at all. Like every time, everything that I heard about Dragon's Dogma, I heard from my friends or reviews from other like other people, not from Capcom, she's saying what the game has. Yes, it's a bit clunky, it's a bit wonky, but it's still very interesting new, new ideas that I think a lot of gamers would have attached to if they just said this is what this game is. So I really do hope that they advertise it really well. This I've game. always said Dragon's Dogma is is an action game masquerading as an RPG. So when I played it, I was taken a bit aback it's like, wait a minute, this is not an RPG. This is a hardcore action game. And, you know, even though it didn't speak with me the way I wanted to, it's, I don't blame the game. I just blame my uh, my situation at the moment. I wasn't in the mood for that type of game at the time. But, like, I'm sure if I was to go back to mm. it now, I'd really enjoy Dragon's Dogma. And I think a sequel is something I'd be... I, I'd really like to see how that goes. Yeah, yeah. I can see them doing that because they... they, they did that anime which was terrible but at least yeah. i know that they, they it's in their it's, it's in, in their, their ips um, in their plans yeah yeah it is so that's good damn that's a good line of polish damn i'm not done for 2022 there's more <laughs> there's street fighter 6 as well hell yeah that's like okay finally there's no way they're going to release all that stuff in 2022 there's absolutely no way i actually think street fighter might be released early and this time they should just be transparent and say, this is version 1.00. We are working out the kinks. We don't have a lot of modes in yet. We don't have, like the way Street Fighter 5 released, but they just should be shut up and say, hey, maybe even release it at $30 even. And be like, oh. new characters are coming. Just 
hell, you know what? Let me give them a tip. Release Street Fighter Five for free. Release it for free and tell people that you have each season pass will be $30 or whatever with eight characters each or something. And that's how you make your game explode everywhere. Yeah, you know, fighting games and release models. Plus, there's a lot going on in Street Fighter VI. I'm sure, I don't know if you've heard, but the current rumors are that, you know, it wasn't doing too hot in early dev. Mm. And they fired, you know, uh, mm. Yoshinori Ono from his role as head of Street Fighter because of it not doing too hot in early dev. So we don't know how recent this, this information is. So we don't know if that predicted release date is before or after the delay, the internal delay. So we, we don't know the state Street Fighter in right now. But all I know is that it wasn't in a good state before Ono left. So it would be interesting seeing, you know, how his departure and whatever changes to the project have been made affect the the game itself. I, I do hope that it's it's doing well because I think it's very exciting to have a fighting game or games like that. You know, online games, perpetual games to release at the beginning of the generation. So yeah. Built yes. upon you know, Better instead of like mid gen, like it's weird. Like you're you're going to Evo and your people are lugging around their PS4s or their PS3s. You know, it's it's it dilutes the the, the player base and all that stuff. Yeah. So I'm hoping Street Fighter Six comes out like even next year, man. Like mid next year or something. It won't happen next year. The plan I think was for it to happen next year, but that but that's what got scrapped. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But in general, you know, we'll see. I, I feel, I, f- I feel like whoever releases their next gen fighting game first and is good, kind of will be like the big fighting game of the generation. So I disagree. We'll see how. I disagree on that. Fighting games are weird, man. The, you know, Tekken released in 2017, which was very late, but it. But it's pretty much of it's probably the big, the most successful Japanese fighting game as far as the competitive scene goes. I really yeah, because it's a good, it's a good game though. Like, and they keep working on it. So, yeah. As opposed to the others, I don't think they are working on them as much as Tekken. You know. Yeah. And they're supporting it really well. You know, me and fighting games. You know, me and Street Fighter. I'm just thinking. I don't know what I want out of SF6. I just, I just, I don't know. I just want to see how, it, I want to see what they're going for. I'm, I'm interested. I just want Street Fighter 4, man. Like just, just remake Street Fighter 4. No, Street Fighter 4. Don't remake Street Fighter 4. Don't do that. It's my favorite Street Fighter. I like Street Fighter 5 apart from, you know, the fact that it launched bad. Apart from that, it was actually, you know, Right now, Street Fighter V is in a very good place, but it's just that the core game is still that game which a lot of people didn't like. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, I know a lot of gamers didn't like Five for whatever funny reasons. And also because it didn't launch really well, so there was that, that bad taste, you know? Yeah. Um, but I played Five. I like Five a lot. 
you know, and this is coming from someone who I don't play a lot of fighting games. I, I, I consider myself part of the fighting game community, but I'm not a player. Yeah, I'm you're the only a one that I enjoy playing. Yeah. The one I enjoy playing is Street Fighter, so yeah. Yeah. So the thing is at the very least we know it's in the making. So now all we can speculate is roster as well as um uh, what do you call this again? The word has left my mind. The engine, whether it will be an RE engine, whether it will be uh, in Unreal, the art style and all that stuff. That's what we can speculate on right now. You know, mm-hmm. it's nice. It's Man, ray tracing nice. fighting games. <laughs> yeah, I think performance in a fighting game is your top priority. <laughs> <laughs> True. But yeah. So yeah, Street Fighter 6, something to be excited about. We don't know how it's going to look, you know, due to us hearing about there being internal issues. But another small bit is that we do know it's going to be multi-platform. Mm, it has to be, I think. Yeah. And in addition to being multi-platform, like, like by multi-platform, I mean it will be on Xbox. Yes, yes. And PC, hopefully? Yeah, Street, Street Fighter Five was on PC as well, but it's just that it skipped Xbox last gen. This one mm. will be on Xbox. And another interesting bit is that it might be cross-gen. So there's, you know, a bit of... Uh, bad vibe there. Yeah, I don't want that. I want it to be a proper next-gen game. I understand why they would want it. To, you know, if it's 2022, it's not going to be cross-gen. If it's 2021, it is going to be cross-gen. That's my yeah. prediction. Right, right. So yeah, there's, there's that bad vibe that, man, if this is cross-gen, that's not good. And the documents showed that, hey, this might be cross-gen like re8 so anyway we'll wait and see i hope it's not cross-gen and that the last gen consoles don't hold back sf6 yeah maybe because of this leak people will voice will raise their voices in outcry to make sure that it doesn't become a cross-gen game (laughs) (laughs) most likely yeah most likely so yeah that's that was it for the 2022 plans according to that spreadsheet and in 2023 you know it's uh, it's a bit more what can i say these big nebulous there's less <laughs> stuff obviously because oh obviously it's not set in stone and i guess the mm-hmm. the big prediction the big thing there is a monster hunter 6 that's obviously going to be a sequel to Monster Hunter World. Yep. That releasing Which is their 20- biggest game ever, right? Yes, their biggest game ever. And that releasing in 2023 is, I guess it kind of makes sense going by the timeline, uh, how they're making these titles. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's going to be their big next-gen game, obviously. Like, oh, this is our big yeah. project, Monster Hunter. Our games... But- that game is going to be big. That game is going to take over. Like, <laughs> it's just going to take over. Because yeah, good. this Monster Hunter was like a lot of people's first Monster Hunter. So now people have expectations. They've got like anticipation. So when they announce the six, they'll be like, oh, that's amazing. And then everyone is just going to buy it. So it's just it's going to be huge. Yeah. And I think it's what they'll be counting on, you know, since 
PS5 and all that probably won't do so well in Japan. That's probably going to be one of the few drivers of sales in Japan for PlayStation 5. You don't think PlayStation 5 would do well in Japan? What? I mean, Japan pretty much just buys Nintendo stuff these days. So, I uh, uh, I don't know. They they I think everyone, okay, not everyone. I think most people that side bought their PlayStation's and are kind of done with them. So now that new consoles are coming out, they'll buy the new ones because there are new experiences on it. That's what I think. I I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I you know the Japan has been constantly going away from home consoles for a while now and it's like even Sony is seeing that hey, our sales aren't too hot in Japan. So let's put our focus in getting as many units to to western markets because you can actually if you look at it carefully you actually find out that oh they they didn't send that many units to Japan for first week they they diverting their units to markets where they're probably going to be more successful they basically conceded that market to Nintendo well they should uh, bring the market over here you know to sub-saharan africa where there's That's a not south africa <laughs> <laughs> where there's yeah. a rabid fan base mm-hmm. but yeah monster hunter is going to be a key driver of sales in 2023 whenever it comes out for ps5 in japan it's it's a long wait but you know it will be a driver of sales for sure for sure mm-hmm. what else in 2023 they also have a, a title code named biohazard apocalypse Man, it's always a toss-up with Resident Evil games, man. It could be some weird multiplayer thing, a light gun game. Never know, I man. I was looking at the sales projection, and that was a 6.5 million. And that led me to believe, okay, that's definitely RE9. It has to be. Okay. Simply I mean, because the sales projection I is I hope high. so. Yeah. You're not worried that they're milking RE? I'll, I'll, no. There was a while there where... No. There was a while there where... Like as an RE fan or a horror fan, you're not getting those quality to play experiences. It was it was slim pickings for a while there. Uh-huh. So now that it's kind of back, it's fine. Like, dude, like I was joking on Twitter yesterday and saying, oh, Assassin's Creed fatigue is in. Yeah. Valhalla is the fastest selling Assassin's Creed of all time, and everyone's just like, this is my favorite one. This is my favorite one, and I want to play it as well. And I'm very skeptical about Assassin's Creed. I'm a big fan, but I'm very skeptical. So if you are making good products for your audience, people will keep buying them. That's right. just kind of how we are now. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. But yeah, in the same year, they're going to have RE9 and Monster Hunter 6, 2023. So 2023 could possibly be a big year. Huge year. Mm-hmm. Buy Capcom stocks. <laughs> yeah, buy Capcom stocks. They're also planning, you know, a super version of Street Fighter 6 for the same year. It's like, I wow, they, are... they actually put, they, they plan their supers. <laughs> and, you know, it's I weird thought those because... things were natural. It's like, oh, hey. I find it strange because yeah, I thought on. they were done with that business model. But, you know, I think maybe it's just tentative that, oh, yeah, we're going to have the next big update for the game the next year. Which totally makes sense. That's okay. Yeah. It's just so weird to me seeing them planning. Like, before the game is even out, they're like, oh, 
we're gonna have enough characters that will release a super <laughs> Street Fighter version. Yep. Oh man. So they've got Super Street Fighter 6 planned. And an interesting one, they've also got Captain a reboot of Captain Commando. Wow, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they are expecting it to sell two million Wait, no, no, copies no. I, as well. I'm thinking of Bionic Commando. Which one is Captain Commando? Captain Commando is that guy with sunglasses. Exactly. From you don't the, even know who Captain Commando is. I know him from Marvel vs. Capcom 1. I don't know Captain Commando unless it's the NES game. I mean, yeah, it's like from that era. NES game. SNES, okay. NES. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, apparently it says Captain Commando for 2023 as well. So it's like, wow, that's extremely odd. But okay, fine, sure. What? What could that be? What do you think that's going to be like a third person action game? Open world? Like what's I'm thinking it would be, that be a Strider like a 2D throwback style game. At 2 million in an IP that's kind of newish or very old and no one really I don't know man. Maybe maybe the projections are bad then because I can't see them making a 3D <laughs> action Captain Commando game. I just can't see it. I don't know. It could be like, uh, did you play that game, a Bionic? What is it? Bionic, Bionic? Commando. Yes, oh. I know. I've I've heard of it. I've not played. Oh, not it. Bionic Commando. Not Bionic Commando. There was uh, another one which had like, you could. It was a third person. It was like Mass Effect. Lost Planet. Uh, sci-fi. No, no, no. Similar to that though, and you could command people using voice. It was like a weird AAA Sega game. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Sega. What it is. Anyway, and it's weird seeing yeah, that, on. okay, they are going to bring back Captain Commando. That's all I can say because not a lot of people have heard of Captain Commando and it's good, definitely going to be interesting to see how they try to bring him back. Binary Domain. Oh, Binary Domain. Okay, I heard of that game. Yeah, so I'm thinking it could be something like that. Perhaps. But yeah, that's 2023. Then the 2024 plans are like even more bizarre. Uh, they've got two projects just known as C and B like what kind of code names are those like great code names mm-hmm. <laughs> C and B they've got the uh, another street fighter 6 revision ultra street fighter 6 <laughs> they have also got resident evil hank i'm assuming that's going to be a spin off for the guy from RE2 hank mm-hmm and the two which really stand out to me for 2024 and which i think they are actually going to be canceled remix for final fight and power stone power stone baby yeah finally let's go i can power stone game of the year calling it right now that's all that's one of the things which i i can't believe it i just can't <laughs> Pastor is back. It only took us I don't know, 30 years at this point, but it's back. <laughs> yeah, Power Stone remake. Imagine that. Dude, think about it. Think about it. Online Power Stone. Oh, it's going to work, man. It's going to work. We should have like a me verse type thing in the lobby. Oh, I can see it already, man. Like I've been thinking about a Power Stone remake for years. I can They should hire me. I can make this game work. I can make it happen. <laughs> sure, man. <laughs> And yeah, they are planning a Power Stone remake as well. Exciting stuff. So that's pretty much it for Capcom, you know, from the leak. That's what we got out of it. 
And it's definitely, you know, it's a, it's a lot and it shows that, okay, they have got big, big plans up ahead. They really want to take mm-hmm. this upcoming generation by storm because a lot of the titles I've talked about are also coming to Switch. So it's like, okay, this will be interesting. Even the big AAA ones, like Onimosha? Uh, no, not those. Like, like okay. uh, there's some I left out, like Shield, a project called Shield, a project called Guillotine. Those are like, okay, we can't tell what those are. Obviously, the C and B and Indie and whatever. It's like, okay, a bunch of these are coming to Switch as well. That's it'll be interesting to see how they do all that. Mm-hmm. It will. It very much will. But yeah, it's exciting stuff. That's, a, that's stuff to look forward to. You know, there was a discussion that was going on in, in gaming journal Twitter a few months ago talking about why like during e3 like why a game why is the games industry so precious about what they're making like why are they just like movies where when the script is given they're just like oh the script has been given for an uncharted movie even if nothing has been done like but you just know it's coming and then yeah. like it, it just like no one's hype for movies goes down we know we knew uncharted had been in the works for almost seven years at this point like yeah. when Uncharted 2 came out is when we knew they were planning to make a movie for it or something. So when they, when they, Tom Holland announced that it's him or the pictures came out, the hype is still there. So I don't think the hype will die down for Power Stone, you know, like we know it's going to come in four years, but knowing that, oh, there's a Power Stone coming out, that's okay. It's fine. Like the only drawback I can see is where you have a No Man's Sky, Last Guardian, cyberpunk situation where they announced the game very early and then the anticipation just builds on itself as the years keep going by like it just keeps building over building and building and building and then it becomes this behemoth yeah of itself that's the only drawback i can see other than that i i think it helps the devs just be like yeah i'm working on power stone you know instead of them being quiet about it or scared about leaks if a character image, quote-unquote, leaks, it's like, ah, whatever, it's Power Stone, it's fine. We'll wait. <laughs> Fans can even say, we'll wait for the real trailer. I'm not going to see that uh, concept art leak or whatever. It's fine. Like, knowing something's coming, I think, just... It's, an, it's, it's, it's nice as a dev, I think, to be able to say, I'm working on this game, rather than being quiet all the time. That's my opinion, anyway. I don't know. You know, marketing really matters. Like, let's say, I'm going to give an example of Street Fighter VI. Your character reveal trailers have to be so well-timed and well-placed to build the right amount of hype. And if you announce the project and then just let it die down and not talk about it for so many years, that affects that sort of marketing campaign, if you know what I mean. It does, but I think that's very different from, oh, hey, we're working on Street Fighter VI, and we're like, okay, cool, they're working here's what Ken looks like now. And they're like, whoa, Ken, next gen, awesome. Then now the marketing starts. Okay, I, I hear you. It's, you know, it's weird. The games industry is different. And you can tell a lot of these devs, they're passionate about their projects and they do get touched when they leak. So, you know, it's, it's a shame it's yeah. happened this way, but yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's pretty much it on the Capcom leak. I think, mm. you know, more is going to come out obviously as the ransom situation boils down so 
we'll, we'll see how it goes. Oh, yeah, we will. For sure. And, yeah, uh, lots to look forward to. I'm very excited. I'm very excited for a new motion. <laughs> I, I want to see how Dragon's Dogma looks. My di- but, you know, my disappointment is that in that whole five-year plan, there's no look of a next DMC game. Just like, wow, you waited 11 years, you bring back the IP, and then you're going to keep it on ice for another five years. Like, how? How does that work? Is there anywhere for that franchise to go? Yes. DMC5 ended saying that yeah, there's a place for this franchise to go. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm not very aware of it, but it feel, if, to me, it felt like, from the outside looking in, it felt like a, a, a conclusion type game. Like, hey, it's back. This guy's old and we're finally making the game he wanted to make and it's done and it's really good and that's it. Like, putting a bow on it is what it looked like to me. Ah, no, no, no. The, the ending of DMC5 basically implies that, okay, there's a, it's time for a new arc to start. Okay. okay. So, yeah, that's my disappointment at all. In all of that, there's no talk of a possible DMC6. Hey, maybe it's Project C. It might be C. You know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And that's all we can say about that. Mm. And uh, I think there was a second piece of news you wanted to talk about. Second big info dump. Yeah, so I I am very interested in the Game Awards. Mm-hmm. So I, I just wanted us to go through like the nominations, what you oh, think yeah. about them. Um, obviously, the, the, the big one, we'll just go through like the big ones. So yeah. just... Um, there's something that I really wanted to let people know about the Game Awards. I think people don't really understand how they work. Uh, when you go to the website, gameawards.com, uh, you can go to About, or you scroll all the way down and um, go to the FAQ. Um, and in the, oh no, no, all the way down, and there's something called Jury. So you click on Jury and you get to see who picks these nominees. Nominations. So it is, yeah, like who picks them? Uh, so there are, I think, 15 or 18 American publications, you know, the big ones, Game Informer, US Gamer, Giant Bomb, IGN, GameSpot, those are the ones. So they they nominate one person. So the, the like say GameSpot will nominate one person, most likely they refuse editor who then pick their nominees for each category. Uh, and then there are special categories like the esports ones. They have got an esports jury that picks the esports ones uh, and and so on and so forth. So uh, last year they added worldwide jury. So there's publications from Brazil, from Argentina, from France, from the UK, uh, from Australia. There's two South African ones even. So um, it is not Jeff Keighley picking nominees or winners. He's got nothing to do with it. He, he doesn't even vote on it at all. Well, that's what he says anyway. But like, he has no... No say. Power over... Yeah, he's got no say. And just to make sure that he doesn't have a say, there is a board uh, of like to make sure that the quality is high. And the people who are on the board are like the top, top guys uh, from in the industry. So you've got... Tim Sweeney of Epic. You've got uh, Lisa Su, 
uh, from AMD. You've got um, Doug Bowser, Phil Spencer. Uh, those you know, it's those people. guys, the big, yes, the big bosses. Those are the guys who are, uh, you know, Herman Hulst. Those are the guys who are the board. They don't vote. They just make sure there's no funny business going on. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and add, I guess, some legitimacy to to the awards. Because if Joe Spencer and Doug Bowser and all those guys are like, yeah, 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 this is this is a legitimate award, it, it makes it it Be makes it legitimate, you know? Yeah. Yes. So that's kind of how it works. Yeah, I always tell And on top of that <laughs> yeah, yeah, on top of that, you can also vote. So it's fifty fifty. So it... the jury has fifty percent influence and the fans have 50% influence so you can go to the site right now and vote on who you want to win in each of these categories so that's how come I remember you you mentioned uh, that uh, Death Stranding had the most uh, user wins uh, last year or was it the other year last year right last, year. last year yeah yeah and it didn't really win many publication stuff, but users voted it highly, which is why I think uh, it won Best Game Direction at the Game Awards because a lot of gamers liked Death Stranding. Uh, journalists liked it, but not enough to pick it first, I think. Yeah. So you have situations where you can see uh, that here it's uh, the gamers picking. I have one example of a category I'll give, the RPG category. Um, I guess yeah, we can start. We can start with RPG. So in the RPG category, the nominees uh, were... there is the nominees were yeah, Yakuza Like a Dragon uh-huh. uh, by Sega, Wasteland Three by In Exile. Very happy for that. Persona Five Royal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, and Genshin Impact. Right. I have a very strong feeling Genshin Impact will win this of the people voting because Genshin Impact is very very popular so <laughs> there is a high chance for it to win because of that reason you know so that's kind of how you should look at this stuff and how they on what will win etc and that we, and I think by clearing that up it, it makes you real like I, I guess there's less people going oh it's the winners are weird or whatever <laughs> um, but yeah, that, I kind of just wanted to rattle that off before we... Yeah, I've always on. said that, oh, Jeff Keighley does not pick the nominees. He does not, you know, pick the nominees or the winners. So when people were saying, oh, Death Stranding is going to win because of him, it's like, no, that's not right, guys. Just because he's friends with Kojima <laughs> doesn't mean Death Stranding is going to win because he's not involved in the, you know, the, the, the choosing voting mm-hmm. but yeah i i don't know how much so, you said it's 50 50 but i don't think that's how yeah it's actually 90 10. oh wow it's 90 10 i thought it was yeah. 50 50. yeah public fan 10 percent the jury 90 which makes more sense wow so okay so that means jesus okay so that means the fans just kind of are tiebreakers you could say that you know they, they they swing things slightly in favor of another. But in reality, it is the voting jury who still has most control over this. 
it is but i do know like i've been on panels before for game of the year stuff and i know there's lots of this is something that people don't really think about and i highly recommend listening to um game of the year deliberation podcasts they are really long because these guys genuinely argue and have completely different opinions on these things so um listen to one of those deliberations and you figure out that these reviewers have super different tastes one person will be like half-life alex is game of the year another person is like it's doom eternal so now when people end up like they vote and then it's like okay 40% want Doom Eternal, 60% want Half-Life Alex. Some of them don't want it to be like that. They want like some sort of unanimous, like, okay, the other guy should concede. And then now like the debate rages on and on and on and on and on. <laughs> so I really do think that in a scenario like that, that 10% of the, the gamers, I think it tips the scale. I actually think it's fairly important. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you are right. So I guess we can I can rattle through the nominees for game of the year yeah. in no particular order. Uh, there are six. Uh, the first one, Doom Eternal, id Software, Bethesda, um, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Square Enix, Ghosts of Tsushima, Sucker Punch, Hades, Super Giant Games. Animal Crossing New Horizons from Nintendo and The Last of Us Part 2 from Naughty Dog. So this is how we're going to do this. We're going to say of these, who do you think should win and who do you think will win? Fascinating. <laughs> we're not going to put who do you think I want to win. <laughs> that's why I said who do you think should win? Oh, should. Oh, that's that's the one that I want. Okay. Yeah. So, on Game of the Year, who I think should win is Animal Crossing New Horizons. I even voted for Animal Crossing New Horizons because that game fixed 2020 for at least six months. Everyone was talking about Animal Crossing. Everyone was playing Animal Crossing. Switch sales skyrocketed. It's a fun game. It's a really good game. It's probably the best Animal Crossing game. Uh, Gary Witter used it to do a talk show, which he had superstars on. Stars who I did not expect were playing games are actually big Animal Crossing fans, big gamers. Uh, Animal Crossing was being talked about on the BBC, on CNN, because it was it was everywhere. It's just it was it transcended gaming. It just it was the game of the year in terms of impact, gameplay, in terms of fun. It just was, if you look back on 2020, the game that you will think about is Animal Crossing New Horizons. The, the impact that that Pokemon Go summer had, remember mm -hmm. where everyone was playing Pokemon Go, but it was just for like two months. Animal Crossing had that for at least six or five months. People are still playing Animal Crossing. Everyone who had Animal Crossing has at least 300 hours in that game. That's amazing. And I think it is a statement for uh, family games, for fun games, uh, a statement for Nintendo. It will be a statement for the industry if a game like Animal Crossing New Horizons wins Game of the Year in a year that has such stellar competition. That is why I think Animal Crossing New Horizons should win Game of the Year. Okay, I'm going to add one more question. I think these are separate. There's what should win and what you want to win. 
I think these two can be separate. So you said okay. you want Animal Crossing to win. It can. But you think should win. I do want Animal Crossing. Is Animal Crossing both for you? <sighs> I think Animal Crossing is both. However, if I'm going solely on a game that's just like, in my opinion, objectively what I think is a good video game, right, for me, mm-hmm. the stuff that rings my bells, I think Hades is the best game that came out this year. Okay. Like if we're just going for quality, like no impact nonsense, none of that, like what people thought Hades was the best game that came out this year. The same way that I think Disco Elysium was the best game that came out last year, Hades is the best one that came out this year. Very hard to convince other people to vote for it, I think. But it's quality wise, it is it has the least embellishments. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Yeah. Okay, and what do you think will win? It's the last of us part two. It's, last, it's come on. Come on. It's the last of us part two. Okay. Last of us part two is gonna win. <laughs> okay. For me, what first of all, what I want to win, not even nominated at Persona 5, but moving on. My next pick would be Final Fantasy. <laughs> okay. That's, you know, like, if I'm saying personally, what of the games that I've played this year, what is the game you enjoyed the most on this list? It's definitely FF7. You know, despite my misgivings with with how it handles certain things, it, you know, it's by and large, like, definitely the second best game I've played this year. What I think will win... Man, that's hard. That's hard, honestly, because the Game Awards are known to serve up surprises. They do, and good ones. Like, I'm very rarely like, oh, that's a BS pick. I'm always like, wow, I didn't expect that, which is, I like that. They, they serve, the Game Awards serve up surprises. So for me to say what will win, and I, I can't. You know, in the back of my head, I'm thinking that, hey, you know what? Ghost of Tsushima stands a chance because like, Ghost of Tsushima is similar to Death Stranding in that it has been extremely well received by fans. Mm -hmm. Like fans adore Ghost of Tsushima more than the critics did. It's like, hey, it could be that. Mm -hmm. But then again, you see something like, oh, uh, Animal Crossing, as you've said, was a phenomenon. And then at a time, you know, when it's time to give out the awards, maybe people are going to look back on Animal Crossing and be like, hey, you know what? This is great because I know a lot of Animal Crossing fans who just played it for two weeks and then stopped playing it. Like, mm-hmm. they played it intensely for those two weeks, but then after those two weeks, they're like, okay, yeah, I'm done with this. Which is how most games are played, though, like when you think yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, even Animal Crossing wasn't safe from that phenomenon, if I guess I'll call it that. So it's like, uh, it's still a good shout because of, of course, as you've said, the impact the title had. So people... Though now that it's time to remember what to pick as the game of the year, maybe people are going to think of it fondly in that way. So it's also there. The Last of Us, of course, is a title, you know, which could win. He has said that, okay, he has an obvious. And then Hades he has taken people by surprise. It could win as well. So, you know, it's hard to predict what will actually win. I just think, okay, all I can say is, I know for a fact Doom and Final Fantasy VII won't win. Uh, I'm not so sure about Final Fantasy VII not winning. I'm not so sure. Like I was thinking, I don't, I don't think it won't. 
I actually think it has a chance, man. Like that game was well received. <laughs> yeah, I know, but you know, it feels like when you think of how 2020 as a year is and how we're going to look at impact and everything, I think that okay, yeah, FF7 doesn't have as big a chance as as others doom as well. Mm. But on what I think should win, what I think, you know, like uh what would be nice like what I think would cap off 2020 perfectly. I do think the last of us should win. This is an odd choice by given what I like in games, but I think yeah. The last of us I want it to win to make so many people upset. <laughs> I knew um, it. It's just like for the laws. <laughs> and no, it's not just for the laws. I think, you know, despite the game not being my favorite game this year because of, you know, as I said, what I like in games, I think the game that game is an achievement. It is, absolutely. I fully agree. Um I I fully fully agree. Yes. I, like I think you know how I feel about that game. I I yeah, love I know how you game. feel about that game. But, you know, when I look at it and I th- I see what Naughty Dog accomplished with The Last of Us and I just say to myself that, like, no, this needs to be recognized. What you know? Usually, this stuff doesn't happen as a sequel to a to a twenty million copy selling game. You don't you you don't no, do doesn't. you don't do that with an IP. You don't with a game that's that beloved, and then no, and then the, the Last of Us Two does what it does, and then at the same time, you know, for me, there's that thing of oh, Naughty Dog. I've I've always considered to be Naughty Dog to be okay. They're good dev, but then nowhere. You know, but I never safe. recognized that talent as much as they did because they took the lessons. You know, people talk a lot of bad things about the gameplay of Naughty Dog games, and this is the Naughty Dog game which I can say, okay, the gameplay is unequivocally good. The gameplay is fantastic. Yes, it's actually fun to play. Well, without if you don't think about the story, it's fun to play. Yes, yeah, <laughs> like the gameplay in the Last of Us Part Two is like, man. This is so satisfying to play, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know the fact that Naughty Dog did that, managed to finally get a game on their under their belt where I can say that hey, I really enjoy playing this because you know I enjoy playing Last of Us One and Uncharted games, but that's just like hey, yeah, this was fun. I'm never going to think about this again. But the Last of Us Part Two is like a game like man, I'm going to keep thinking about this for a very very long time. True, true. That's the effect Very that true, game true. had on me. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed, and I think that if it does win, I'll be very happy for it, considering you know the circumstances mm-hmm. it's been up against. Mm-hmm. So seeing it win the, you know, win this award, it'd be like, <laughs> oh boy, I'm going to enjoy the internet that day, but I'm also going to be very happy for. <laughs> For the for the fans of it who have had who have had to deal with so much BS over the internet, endure so much bullshit, yeah. So seeing it, no, I, I I'll be happy for that. Yeah. It, it it will put a smile on my face to see the Last of Us win. Like ha, this this is going to be fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you you've gotten me excited now to watch this stuff. If that happens, that's just going to be like really funny and awesome. 
Yeah, basically the internet will be a fun I guess game, we can go to to Japan. It will. It will. I guess we can go to the next category that I think um, the last of us should carry this one. Uh, that's best game direction. So uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Half-Life Alex, and Last of Us Part Two. The only competition I think Last of Us has in this category is Half-Life Alex. Um, direction. But game direction-wise, I really do think I really do think that Last of Us has to win this one. It's the one that I want. It's the one that I think should. It's the one that I think will. For me, it takes all three of those for because the best part of Last of Us Part Two is the game direction. That is the best you part can, of you it. You can tell that, that okay, this is achievement very, above everything else. It's nicely directed. You can tell that oh, the directors of this game they they really put in a lot of effort and like the game design what they were going for you can tell it okay they've gotten what they wanted yes everything was for a particular goal they did that thing for that particular goal uh, the only other one that i could say is half-life alex obviously i haven't played half-life alex uh because you need a 700 uh dollar machine plus a two thousand dollar pc to play that game plus two thousand seven hundred dollars entry crazy very high bar and i saw a lot of journalists yes i saw a lot of journalists say that it should not win any game of the year award because uh the barrier to entry is just so inaccessible high. to most people yeah it's inaccessible to most people so obviously it is half-life it's rated very highly it's like a 94 93 metacritic game it's changed vr you know it's half-life right it's a freaking half-life game yeah but nobody played it so you can't really give a game like that game of the year or or anything like that so i understand where they're coming from with that yeah yeah i see it too i see it too you know you can make game of the year popular vote that's unfair because then call of duty would be winning every year but true you know it's the same like oh a, a lot an argument people are making for animal crossing is also that oh yeah it's the one which people have enjoyed the most so it should win but you know certain games can stand on their own merits despite being big sellers you know being a big seller doesn't mean you're bad being a big seller also doesn't mean you're good mm. and but being niche also you can't look at it that way but half-life is the levels to which half-life is niche are different <laughs> Even some people in publications didn't play Half-Life, which is why I'm very sure it's not going to win any Game of the Year awards anywhere. Yeah. Because it's just like the one the guy who hasn't didn't index. play. The people who are voting didn't yeah. play. That's how inaccessible it is. Yeah. I, I, I see yeah. what you mean. I see what you mean with Half-Life. So, so what, what do you think is going to win this one? You're also going Last of Us? Game direction. The thing is, for me, game direction and Game of the Year are literally the same thing. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know how in the Oscars there's those two awards? Uh, yes, director and best picture. Yes, yes, yes. It's like, why? You can't make this different. They're the same thing. <laughs> so, I mean, opinion, I get that, but I, I always give the example of last year where Death Stranding won Best Game Direction and Game of the Year was. Ghost of Game. Sekiro. Sekiro, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Direction-wise, uh, clearly, 
Death Stranding. Clearly, Death Stranding. Like, it's not even clearly. Uh, but I can totally see how you can't pick. Okay, here, here, let me put it this way. You can appreciate that Death Stranding has the best game direction and also say that this game is shit, right? Or say that this yeah. game is not for you. Say that this game is boring. Yeah. You can say that. Whereas yeah. with Sekiro, you can say this is the best game in the year, but it does not have as much good direction as Death Stranding. So that's kind of how I look at it. Okay, <laughs> fine enough, fine enough. But I think in a year where yeah. the games are so strong based on their direction, mm. that, okay, yeah, this is where it has to be the same. And you know, this is, if you look at this category, you'll find Animal Crossing isn't here, right? It's not, no. And that's where I think Animal, that's why I think Animal Crossing probably won't win. Mm. Because you'd think that it would at least get like, a nomination for best direction if it was going to win the big gong. So, yeah. Hard for it to get direction when the, because it's a sim, so most of the direction and on us is on the player. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, I know. So, I, I, I'm just saying, it's just a, a something I've noted. An observation. Yeah, it's an observation. Yeah. But like the yeah, it's the same the same except Half Life and Animal Crossing have swapped out, which makes me believe that uh Half Life Alex was probably the seventh pick. <laughs> yeah. Was this game of the year. It was it was the it was the snub. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Uh, I guess yeah. uh we can move on to honestly narratives. You want us to talk about narrative? You want us to go in there? Yeah, okay. Is, you know, this is the one where it's like, okay, if Last of Us wins Game of okay, the Year... Okay, this one has competition. This is what I'm saying. Last of Us wins Game of the Year. It's going to be controversial, but not as controversial as if it wins Best Narrative. <laughs> you really think so? I don't know, man. I think that the, narr- the narrative is really good. So, I don't think Hades will win this narrative because it is a roguelike. Has good storytelling, good writing. I need to play Hades. I, I can't judge because I haven't played Hades. Oh, you haven't? Okay. I don't think it holds the stick to the other games. I think Final Fantasy VII Remake is a strong contender here. Another strong contender, simply because it's there and I've and all of the, the, the one thing I keep hearing about this one game, this one wee bass game, is that yeah, it has an amazing cent. story. It's 13 yeah. Sentinels, Aegis Rim. And I actually do think that that is what is going to win this category. Yeah. I actually, that's, I'm, you know, I was waiting for it to go on sale and it's on sale. So I'm definitely, I'm getting it this weekend and I'm quite excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, you so, know, yeah, everyone is saying the same thing that, wow, this game has got an amazing story. And, you know, it's basically a visual novel in all but name. So it, mm-hmm. I, I'd like to, you know, I love Vanillaware as a company and seeing them win such an award would really, you know, it would bring a tear to my eye. And so, you know, that, that I think just it having a nomination is enough already for me, for me to be happy for Vanillaware. To be your, your Disco Elysium. <laughs> I love yeah. how Disco Elysium had the most awards last year, man. I was so happy. <laughs> Oh, it's like, oh, a game you're rooting for has done it. So, yeah, for me, that that's me with with 13 Sentinel. Even though I haven't played, it's just, oh, my love for Vanillaware is that high. It's a studio I root for. And, you know, if they do 
just getting a nomination is like, okay, that's enough for me. I'm happy. So that's the one that, that you're rooting for. Which one do you think will win? This narrative. Uh, not Final Fantasy VII because I can't call Final Fantasy VII having this narrative. Just can't. <laughs> you know, I... You know, 13th Sentinel has that a story, man. Like, yeah, it's got a... Co- it's, it's also got its own controversies. I guess every one of these games has its own controversies. Not uh, Ghost no, of Tsushima. No, no, not Ghost of Tsushima, no. But uh, a thing I noted was that, you know, it is possible that they will try and spread the awards, if you know what I mean. Yes, jury does tend to do that. So you can find that, okay, maybe uh, to make sure everything wins one thing, that, oh, you'll find that, okay, this game <laughs> will win this, this game will win that, and so on. So you could see that, okay, best narrative goes to... Ghost of Tsushima, so it goes home with one thing, and then this goes to something mm. else. But all I'll say is that you so know. So I guess this, is, I guess this is where I can talk about what I think about Ghost of Tsushima. So I haven't played it, right? Um, I initially, I had a choice. I'm like, I'm either going to play Last of Us Part Two or Ghost of Tsushima, and I was constantly on the Ghost of Tsushima train because I was like, Last of Us Part Two should not exist. Last of Us Part One has a perfect ending. It is perfect. They yeah. they ruin it. They ruined it by adding anything. Screw Naughty Dog. And then the reviews came out. And I was like, Ghost of Tsushima is... I mentioned this in our gaming group. I said it is the most average game. But not in a bad way. It is like... There's nothing new there. Like, it's... It's so mid. But not in a bad... It's like a strong 8. You know what I mean? Like, Uh it's completely inoffensive. But... Yeah, it's 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 the most competent video game. <laughs> well, that's why fans right? love, like most fans love Ghost of Tsushima. It's like been the I best know, I game know, by they fans in years. Yes, I, I that's the thing is that it's so it's fine. I, the example I gave was uh, I hope our listeners watch football. Ghost of Tsushima is James Milner. James Milner will never have a bad performance ever. He's always going to give you a minimum of a 7 out of 10. And sometimes he's going to win you the game, right? Like, that's what Ghost of Tsushima is. You can't say it's bad, right? You cannot. And on its day, it is probably the best game in the world on its day, right? But it's just, it's, it's, it's uh, I, average. I, I, <laughs> I, I see what, you know, there's a reason Ghost of Tsushima reviewed well, but not super well. I get what you're saying. And I think you are being harsh, and yeah. it, you're being harsh, but I understand <laughs> your point of view. I completely understand your point of view. Because, you know, Ghost of Shima doesn't bring anything new to the table, blah, blah, blah. I get all of that. But it's, I think you should play it, because my thoughts of Ghost of Tsushima were similar at first. But it really, it really comes into its own, is what I'll say. Uh, I will, for sure. Um, I'm sure I'm going to enjoy it. Like, I bigger flows, but actually, you know, fucking went for it, you know? Mm-hmm. It actually swung for for the home run. Whereas, I, I don't think Ghost of Tsushima swung. Ghost of Tsushima was like, I'm going to get my points and we'll win the game. Whereas, Last of Us Part 2 was like, I have three strikes and I'm going to swing at all of them. <laughs> and I'm going to miss two, but one will hit, you know? So... Yeah. I would yeah. much rather award that than someone who's just gonna like, just you know, 
Yeah, no, I get what you're saying because call in to work, write in. That's what I'm saying. If you play Ghost of Tsushima, you'll find that its narrative is very, very solid. Very nicely told story that really comes together by the end. It's got fantastic gameplay, all that. But then you'll notice, wait, Last of Us Part 2 and Ghost of Tsushima are both revenge stories. They are both stories about your character descending into a path they shouldn't. And the reception from fans is couldn't be completely any more different. Different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're both revenge stories about a protagonist descending into a path they shouldn't have. Last of Us Part 2 is either the best thing ever or the worst thing ever. Ghost of Tsushima is like, man, this is fantastic. But you're not hearing anyone say anything bad about it. But you're not seeing yeah. you're not seeing people make stupid quotes like it's the it's the what, what's that Israeli movie called? It's the you know that that Which terrible one? quote. It's the from the Citizen Kane or whatever. Not Citizen Kane. <laughs> there's another one about about an Israeli slave movie, a Holocaust movie. So it's it's a, it's a funny comparison that this publisher released two of these games within two months, both revenge stories, both kind of dark similar premises but the reception is so different so it's really funny to see like you know from the point of view of oh yeah playstation fan and then you've got these two games and then they're received this way it's it's a interesting diametrically opposed Mm -hmm. indeed indeed yeah all right i guess i'll skip the others you can look at them but i want to go to one that i i very much care about and i think is very very competitive and i think is very important which is best performance so uh we have naji jitter as miles morales from spider-man from, Ma- from Mar- marvel's spider-man miles morales we've got logan cunningham as hades from hades you know him as the the deep voice for all super giant games he also did um, the narrator in bastion and the transistor in transistor um, Daisuke Tsuji as Jin Sakai, the lead character of Ghost of Tsushima. I have watched some cutscenes and seen some gameplay. He did a very good job. Dora Bailey as Abby in The Last of Us Part 2. And Ashley Johnson as Ellie in The Last of Us Part 2. I want to hear your take first. <sighs> it's hard. It's hard. Because... Everything I've heard of Naji Jita in the trailers is not good, but people are saying that he's <laughs> nailed it. No, he's. Ab- I have seen some gameplay. He's absolutely nailed it. Even in Spider-Man, man, like he was so good. He was so good. I, I feel like his voice is, you know, I, I, I'm from the trailer. He sounds old. He doesn't sound like a kid. That's no, me, I feel the opposite. He sounds too young. You think he sounds too young? I think he sounds too old. Because that, that he's supposed to be younger than Peter Parker. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, anyway, my thoughts, it's just solely from the trailers that, okay, it's not great, but everyone is saying he's nailed it. So I will withhold my opinion there. Remember, this is also, it's not just voiceover acting. It's also motion and performance capture. Motion, yes. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe the scenes are really good. So... I'll withhold there. Logan Cunningham as Hades. I've not yet played Hades. I cannot judge yet. I plan to. Daisuke Suji as Jun Sakai. Strong performance, no doubt. 
I liked it. I just didn't I just didn't like it as much as you know the other two. And then it comes okay, Laura Bailey and Ashley Johnson. Oof. Man, how do you choose? <laughs> how, right? How do you choose? <laughs> I give the slight edge to Ashley Johnson. Slight edge. It's the very slightest of edges. Interesting. How come? <sighs> ah, like I'm thinking of you know it's the sort of thing that makes you say okay I'm going to think back to scenes specific scenes of these characters that's what I'm going to end up doing for me there are two scenes Ashley Johnson where she's just fucking nails it the infamous jaw scene that is just intense as hell she absolutely nails that and also the crucifixion scene I'm trying my best not to spoil, spoil. but you know what I mean if you've played it Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when you know the crucifixion scene when she's like, you know, she's she's doing the thing and then she realizes, oh, this, this is who this person is, and then she's like, you know what? No, no, let's fight. Like that 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 sequence, <laughs> you felt it in the body, in the yeah. voice. You and felt you know, the change. Like that is so. That, that's another. That's one of the scenes I'm thinking of. That you know, that scene when it happens, and then both the mocap and the voice acting is just like. And this this is heavy. <laughs> it's heavy, bro. So you're gonna go with Ashley Johnson for this one? Very slightly, very slightly. I am going to very much admit bias here and pick Laura Bailey because I think she is the greatest voice actor performer in gaming. We are very lucky that she does gaming and not mainstream acting because she is, in my opinion, the Meryl Streep of like gaming. She is that fucking good. She, We're lucky to we have. We don't her. deserve her. <laughs> we are extremely lucky to have her. She's she's too good for us. She's and I I really us. think that <laughs> like like I really think she deserves an award and if she's going to get an award let it be for this one which might be her best. Probably not her best but might be one of her best. Let it, her it get was, it. It was a good performance too. That's the thing. I can also think of scenes yeah. Abby where I'm just like Oof. For me, one mm-hmm. scene I have in oh, particular, uh, one scene I have in particular is when one line which sticks to mind is when Abby is asked by Lev, she's asked, why are you helping us? And then Abby responds something along the yeah. lines of, like, eh, it's for myself, something like that. Like, basically, she's saying, oh, it's for my mm-hmm. own redemption. And the way that line is delivered, redemption, it's, yeah, it's like okay, you know what? Well played, well played. That is that's nicely done. Exactly. You don't have to have a, a a flashback or something to say I'm trying to redeem myself. Just the way she delivers it, you're like, she's trying to redeem herself. Let's go. And, and it's really in that, quick in and that snappy, moment. In that but, moment alone, you I, already, I knew entirely what Abby's character was. I was just like, okay, now they have communicated to me everything about Abby I know exactly what every other scene going on from here I know the kind of character Abby is it, that line was just delivered yeah. so well <laughs> it was yeah for me I would say it is and I wanted to even like write an essay on this but I didn't know how to do it is the when she she tells uh Lev's sister I forget her name she says you're my people Aha, uh-huh. yeah, 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 I remember that line. That moment, 
that moment because you have to she's making a a life altering decision you know <laughs> a life altering decision and the way it's delivered and the things that these scenes are so quick they're so fast yeah but <laughs> but they 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 carry so much weight they're so memorable or the infamous switcheroo scene of you killed all of my friends uh-huh, yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and at, at that moment you you empathize you're like i i did though it's true <laughs> yeah so ash man like damn the, the acting you know, is it's oof. really sad because like man daisuke suji was really good he had some really good scenes as well when i think about it but then you're like man the delivery in a lot of the scenes the last of us is ridiculous <laughs> true very very like my goodness yeah. absolutely amazing amazing delivery amazing Just, delivery. Oh, you know great you know, great acting the voice direction is very strong in naughty dog games they really you know they really nailed that aspect i can say mhm mhm really have so yeah yeah so i guess i guess those are i guess we picked uh we picked that one i want us to talk about I don't know if you've played these games. I have played one, two, three of them. Best indie. Best indie. Okay. Uh, uh, there's Carry On by Phobia Game Studio. It is a side-scrolling game where you play as the monster. I have kind seen of a streamer play. Yeah, 16-bit pixel art, very violent, very cool, Metroidvania-esque. Uh, four guys ultimate knockout by mediatonic i have actually played, I've played that. that hades of course for giant games spelunky 2 by mossmouth i've I don't heard no man things. the spelunky 2 by mossmouth no look and this is like a spirit fair by thunder lotus you see dennis this is where we come back to that uh, remember how the, i said they're going to spread awards uh-huh so Hades has got all these nominations, but what's the obvious one where it's going to win? You give it Best Indie. Final Fantasy VII Remake has okay, got yeah, lots of nominations. One. What can you give it that's obvious? You give it Best RPG. You know, stuff RPG. like that. Mm. Or you give it Best Soundtrack, mm. you know. Nice. So that, so that they spread the nice. love. Yeah. I think that's what they're going to do. You really, you really don't think that Fall Guys is not going to win Best Indie? Well, when Hades, which is there, which also is a nominee for Game of the Year, yeah, I, I do think so. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. I know a lot of people who be like, "What?" Kind of like how um, some people expected Among Us to be in that category, but it came out in three years ago at this point. So, yeah, so it's kind of hard to to put it there. Speaking of Among Us. So I, I, in that category, I, I think that, and I love those games. Spirit Fair is very good. Spelunky 2 is very good. Oh man, um, I'll pick Hades because I like Hades. But those other two games, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they won as well. I really wouldn't be surprised. I, I see what you mean. Yeah, I get. It. To be honest, yeah. So in best multiplayer, I know um, a lot of people would be interested in this one. But Valorant, right? Games. I'm surprised this made it. Four, four guys, Call of Duty Warzone, Among Us, and Animal Crossing New Horizons. Uh, uh, I think Among Us takes this one. The fact that it even has shown up at all, <laughs> I think, means yeah, that it, it wins. Came out years ago. 
but the, the category for best multiplayer is something which is online and ongoing. They have yeah. best ongoing game, but that I guess they separated that from best multiplayer. Because yeah, best I ongoing guess. game could be a single player game which is ongoing. Like say, I think uh, best ongoing, my personal pick, I don't know if it's even nominated, but I think it should be No Man's Sky. I think yeah, that's yeah. what should win best ongoing game. Uh, because No Man's Sky is, if we're talking about something that has gotten better and good over the years, it's this generation, it's No Man's Sky. If someone came to me and said No Man's Sky is the game of the generation, I wouldn't argue. I would not at all. I'd say you're probably right. Because that game is amazing now. So, for best multiplayer, I think Among Us will win. If not Among Us, it's probably four guys. Both of these games took the year by storm. Uh, yeah, I, I I can't see. It's it's one of those two. What do you think? Oh, best multiplayer, best multiplayer. Uh, I think four guys. Uh, okay, I need to think about and these these decisions. <laughs> hey, maybe the maybe <sighs> Animal Crossing is also in best multiplayer. Okay, no, four guys, definitely four guys. I think four. Guys. Definitely four guys. Okay, yeah. interesting. interesting. I think four guys has it in the back. The only, the only other one I would say that might have a shout is Warzone, but I don't know. Um, it's Call of Duty. It did well. It did well, Warzone. Um, yeah, it's Call of Duty. It did well. Um, good game. I've actually tried it before as well. Good game. Yeah. I suck, but you know, very good game. It is. Um, I guess we can close with. Uh, with one that is very near and dear to me. I know a lot of people say this is actually the real Game of the Year award. Uh, this is where, for someone like me, I like new experiences in games. Uh, and most of them, uh, you can even go back ever since the Game Awards started, look for this category, games for impact or games for change. Uh-huh. These are usually games that are, for lack of a better word, SJW games. The SJW. <laughs> I just think that I just think that interesting games that do things with the medium that are unique and should be celebrated. Uh, um, if Found um, is a game about relationships, it's kind of like a visual novel adventure game, kind of, you know, very heavy on the story. Uh, it's about, you know, relationships and loss and stuff like that. Kentucky Route Zero, which finally, this game has been coming out in chapters for I think three years now. Finally completed early this year. Uh, I bought it three years ago. I never touched it. I played it at the beginning of the year. Very interesting game. It is an adventure game. (laughs) It's hard to describe these games, man. It's an adventure game that has like mini games in them and puzzles. it's very existential, very philosophical, very... It's a game that you'd probably see your professor playing. You know, your philosophy ah, okay, professors okay. probably see Kentucky Route Zero. It's one of those. Um, Spirit Fairer is a game about death and the afterlife. Uh, it looks really amazing. The, the, the art style is amazing. The music is very good. Um, the story, I think, is okay. It's not amazing but it, it's fine but like the, the tackling the subject of death um, I think is very interesting so there's that one there's tell me why which I still haven't played but is by one of my favorite developers don't nod the guys who made like uh, life is strange 
So it's a Life is Strange style game about two siblings, uh, a brother and a sister. Uh, and one of them is trans and like uh, talking about how they grew up and the abuse that they both received from their mother. So heavy stuff, uh, but very interesting to, to, I guess, tackle in games. And then yeah. the fifth one is Through the Darkest of Times. I have no idea about this one. I haven't seen it. First time hearing about it, I'll look it up. Um, yeah, so if I were to vote, I've played Kentucky Road Zero, I've played Speedfarer. Uh, I just downloaded it found. But I, my bias would pick Tell Me Why. It's probably the most known one here, I think. But Yeah, I it's the one I've heard of the most, for sure. Because of, you know, it's got a very prominent trans character. That's, that's you know, in, in the gaming space, such things aren't common. So when you hear about it, it reaches even people like me. Oh, lots of things yeah. reach me, but you know, even for indies, me who yeah. doesn't pay much attention to indies, even I've heard about. It. Tell me why. Yeah, I'm surprised Last of Us is not nominated here. For games for impact. <laughs> I know, man. I'm when you're when you're sending a message about yes, oh, what's this have to suffer? It's a bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Yeah, that's of us too is a yeah, very bleak I, game. It is, it is, it's very, very bleak. Um, I, I hope I see more AAA games in this category. I, that, that's why I, yeah, excited for help. That's why I celebrated Death Stranding. Yeah, that's why I'm excited for help. That's why I celebrated Death Stranding so much because it's like it's a AAA game that's just just said fuck you to conventions and just did what it wanted with such a big budget. I've That's always so strange. Death Stranding is what would that. happen if an indie game had a AAA budget. Yes. So I, I hope that more um, game directors and studios are just like, screw it. I don't care what people think. I don't care if you think that it's going to be boring to play, but this is what I want to talk about or what I want to do, what I want to try. Um, yeah, I, I hope. Creativity is nice. That's my hope. As someone, I, I, I get it. I get that sometimes, like, I know people are like, why would I want to play a game and then feel depressed? I get it. People play games for escapism. I play Overwatch every now and again, just so that I can, you know, something that I can do just to clear my mind. You know, football manager, that I can play, just, you know, not think about anything. Uh, but I do think that we should not seclude games that actually have a message uh, and put them in this corner and say those are not real video games or not celebrate them as much as as much as Call of Duty Warzone, you know? We should celebrate Spirit Fairer as much as Call of Duty Warzone. That's what I think. Yeah, okay, I, I get you, I get you. You know, for me, the games for impact thing is like, you know, it's weird. I, I, I will never complain if a game has a message, a, a good message in it. I don't, you know, the game is, is saying, oh, you be a Nazi. Obviously, I'm going to complain. But like, uh, <laughs> if the game has got a positive message, I won't complain that, oh, yeah, yeah, they're appealing to the libs, all that stuff. I'm not that kind of person <laughs> who complain yeah. about that sort of thing. But I will say that a game having a positive message won't exactly, you know, I never enjoyed the game, it won't make me enjoy the game more, if you know what I mean? Exactly, it has. It still has to be a good game, yes. 
Yeah, so like Celeste has a, a trans main character. You know, it's not exactly very obvious, but she is, the Madeline is a trans character. And all that just enhanced. I didn't like Celeste because Madeline was trans. It's just that, oh, that it had a positive message. It's a good video game. It's a good yeah. game. And then the fact that it also had a good message is like, hey, that's a nice thing on top of that. Yeah. If you know what I mean. So, you know, whenever I see games for impact, I don't get upset or anything like that. It's just that, oh, okay. It's, it's, it's something to just, I just pay attention to it. Like, oh, okay, that's nice to see. Yeah. I know these games are good. I know there's a lot of games which they're just having a message and it's like, is it a good game though? And no, no. Like you have to make a... A good game. An actual good game. Yes. Uh, yeah. Like, I can make a mess, a story about, I can make a movie about slavery, but if it's a shit movie, it doesn't mean I should, I should get awards just because I made a movie about slavery. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, it's like how if you make a movie good. about the 1950s, you're almost guaranteed to be, to get an Oscar nomination. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. So no, first and foremost, make it good. So I like I said, um, uh, my vote goes to Tell Me Why. Uh, second choice would probably be Kentucky Route Zero. Um, try out these games. Look in the past at the previous games for Impact Games. Almost all of them are amazing. Uh, try them out. I think they are very good, simple games that you can play with people who don't play video games. You know, uh, it can show them that games are different. They're not just about getting achievements Bang. or being or getting a top score or being the best or whatever. Yeah. This, they actually have messages. So yeah. So True. I guess that's pretty much it for the game awards. You can go to the site, see what you can vote for. Um, yeah, talk about it and stuff. And yeah. Let us know what you uh, think and I should think win we... and what you want to win. Yes. Please do let us know about that. I'm very interested to find out. <laughs> and any snobs that you think may may have been uh, there. Uh, yeah. So I guess that's pretty much it for this week, right? Unless you yeah. have something else. No, I don't think there's much else to say. You know, the Game Awards were the big thing of this week, like the nominations. Of course, mm. apart from the fact that, oh, the consoles launched in Europe. Crazy stories going around. Crazy stories. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm hearing stuff like, oh, uh, consoles drivers are stealing the consoles. It's like, wow, delivery drivers are willing to risk their jobs to steal a $500 console. It's crazy. Uh, the consoles are being manhandled by the delivery men. It's like, wow. <laughs> Seeing the videos and all that scary. I also saw another story of a guy, his box, where he was supposed to get his PS5. Inside there was cat food. Another, <laughs> yeah, stories like that. Or, oh, inside my box where there was supposed to be a PS5, I got a foot massager. I got a bag of rice. And it's like, oh man, this is absolutely terrifying. I, I hope those are very one-off and or memes or jokes, which I think they are. I don't think they're memes, but I hope they are one off. <laughs> yeah. No, I I I I um I guess based off of that, um both companies came out and said these were like the biggest launches 
or any of their hardware ever. Um, uh, Sony so actually haven't said that though. Cool, I guess. They have it oh, because Sony haven't the, said that or just Xbox? Because they've had the, what's this, staggered launch. They haven't talked about mm. numbers yet. But mm. they've said that, oh, they keep saying that in this period, we want it to be record numbers. That's what they keep saying. Okay. Which I think it will be. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Come on. Hype is through. So, Xbox Series X doing better than Xbox has ever done. PlayStation doing better than PlayStation has ever done. Assume, good time to be a gamer. Presumably. Good time to be a gamer. Good, good time to be a gamer. It means that the next gen period will be very short. If everyone just decides to buy a next console, no one's going to care about PS4s. Uh, which is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to leave Which the PS4 behind as soon as possible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, as usual, um, give us any feedback that you have. Uh, yeah, and if you have any topics that you'd like us to talk about, if you'd like to come on the podcast, do hit us up, either Robin and I. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, man. See you guys next, next week. <laughs>